0: One of my favorite quotes around mission is from our friend, Caesar, who says, "...the gospel moves at the speed of relationships." And so, to the extent that we're able to build those relationships and sustain them, uh, we're going to see the gospel really expand.
1: Hey, friends! Welcome to the 1,000 Houses podcast, where we encourage and equip households to make disciples in and through the home. Every episode, you're going to hear interviews, teachings, and conversations around what it looks like to turn your home into a hub for mission and community and discipleship. Today's episode is from one of our coaching intensives called Made for Mission, where we coach others on how to practically live out the command of Jesus to go and make disciples in our Western context. So if you want to learn more about A Thousand Houses or check out some of our resources, visit 1KHD.
0: We have to sort of pull back a little bit and ask this question. How do we make living like a missionary in our own context, in the midst of all the busyness of our lives, sustainable? How is that possible? And that's going to require there to be a rhythm to your mission activity. The reason why rhythms are so important is because relationships are a lot of work. Like when you bring new people into your life and those are people that you really wanna build a deeper relationship with, even if you're uh, an extrovert, like that's another person that you need to consider. And that's a lot of, a lot of work uh, that could become really draining. And if it becomes draining and unsustainable, you're gonna pull the brakes and you're gonna leave the field. And so we wanna make sure that before we dive into the field with any kind of new or excited energy, that we've actually thought about how to make this sustainable and how to make this rhythmic. Uh, We're gonna see the gospel really expand. And so we definitely have to be willing to make that investment into these new relationships or into relationships with unbelievers that maybe we haven't really been investing in lately. So we need to be willing to do that, but we got to do that really sustainably. So we wanna give you a few tips as you begin to think about how to do this. And the first overall idea, you guys, is just make it rhythmic. Like think about what is this? Is there a monthly activity that you can begin to create that will bring people together around an interest? Is there something that you can do on a regular weekly basis that replaces something you currently do, like a meal or something, so that you're not adding lots of new things to your schedule? So what what are those things that actually make it uh, sustainable? Also, make it enjoyable. Make sure that you're doing something that you really like. Like a lot of the things that I'm investing in to meet nonbelievers are things that that feel a little bit selfish to me, and so I don't typically invest in them when I'm busy or my family's in a really busy season or I have to do a lot of stuff at work, but I'm gonna take the extra effort to engage in my interests for the purpose of mission. And that really makes it more sustainable because I'm really enjoying it. Also, make it overlap. Anywhere where this can take the place of a current rhythm in your schedule, be really thoughtful and strategic about that. Uh, And so that will make uh, things a lot more sustainable. It's also important to think about, like, what activities give you life? What's going to give you more energy? What are you going to leave feeling more excited about? Um, And so for some people, that's meeting new people. So some people have that, that kind of energy, like, man, every time I meet five new people, I leave just charged up. Um, and if that gives you energy, then uh, then that's going to be a really great thing to take advantage of for mission um, fun activities, things that you just enjoy, like we talked about. Um, some people like me, I like to go deep with a few. Like I get really into uh, a conversation if it goes deep fast. If it's lots of small talk for an hour, I feel really drained. And so I've thought about specific ways to set up those conversations so that they go deep really fast, and so I leave with a lot of energy and feel like I've really um, I've really had a deep understanding of where something's coming from. Also shared experiences, um, things that you can overlap with people already in your life that you love, people like friends, family members. Um, anything you do to like make it more shared is gonna really help it becomes sustainable, um, and also just ways of helping others, um, others that are also on mission. So uh, one of the things I get a lot of energy from is if if one of my kids or somebody else in my family or one of my friends begins to develop a, a mission strategy around a field, and I know they're investing and in doing the hard work of investing in relationships. I love asking like, what can I do to support that? Can I like cook the meal? Can I come in afterwards and clean? Like I get so much energy just from seeing somebody else on mission, and so we need to also receive help from others. Um, if if there's an element of that that feels kind of unsustainable, we want to be doing this as a body or as a body of believers, not just uh, independently, and also along with our family. So, what, are the, what does it look like to actually set up missional rhythms? Well, it always starts with picking a time slot. So, this can be a monthly time slot, a weekly time time slot, every other week. You want to pick that frequency. So, so where, how often do you want to do this? Um, and so, a lot of times, I'll I kind of have a thought that that with Certain things that I want to invest in very intensely, I I put on my weekly rhythm. Um, things that I feel like I want to invest over a really long time, I usually put into my every other week rhythm. Things that I want to do more occasionally, I put into my monthly rhythm. Uh, and so oftentimes I'll start a rhythm, I'll start it monthly um, and then I can make it more frequent, but I really want to make sure I can sustain it before I start to pour a lot of energy into it. Um, and then once you've decided what the time slot is, the frequency, then you want to also commit to a certain level of consistency and say, okay, I want to do this for six months straight or for a year straight. Um, because I really want to be able to see the fruit. Oftentimes, you're gonna, it's going to take some iterations. The first time you try, maybe you need to tweak a few things. And if you just give up right away and say, well, I tried it twice and it, it's not working great. Um, it's really good to have a, a certain commitment for when you're going to start to reevaluate how to do that rhythm. Um, and so I like to commit to rhythms for like three to six months oftentimes. And then I want to partner with others. If there's especially like I talked, there's, a, there's an element that feels heavy for me, or just doing something alone can feel heavy. And so if you can do it with others, Jesus always sent out the disciples two by two. And so that kind of partnership can really bring a lot of life uh, into a missional rhythm. I want to give you guys just a blast of a bunch of examples of of rhythms just to kind of get you thinking. None, None of this is prescriptive or whatever, but I just want to make sure you've thought through these. Things like open supper, open table. This is when you might have once a week or every other week a meal that you just set aside to invite people in that might be in your neighborhood or might be in those areas of interest that you're firing off you know, invitations from from your uh, the, from your map of relationships. A lunch club, so one of the things you could do is at work, you could decide, hey guys, let's go to a different restaurant, I'll pick the restaurant, you pick the same four or five people and you just for a month go to four different restaurants. Now you've created a little lunch club, you're in charge of it, you've brought those people into a relationship, you're able to have deeper conversations, you'll find that conversations go a lot deeper after four or five meals together. Um, volleyball night, AA meetings, board game night, Neighborhood grill outs where you're just putting your grill out and just inviting neighbors and saying, you know, a lot of a lot of us have like Facebook groups with our neighbors. We can just say, hey, guys, we're firing up the grill tonight, wine and cheese nights, book clubs. I love book. this is an example of like for me, if it goes deep fast, I'm in and I have a lot of energy for it. And so I love to start book clubs. Um, around books I'm loving. Art club, song club, I have a buddy who's, uh, I think two years, three years into having a song club where you have to have written a song once a month to participate in it. And they did it through Zoom, all the way through COVID sewing club foster care coaching motherhood roundtables kids play dates business owners masterminds I've tried a bunch of these there's so many others I just want to make sure you guys are aware or thinking creatively you taking your interests those proximities those experiences those those desires for acts of service and really making them rhythmic you don't want to get caught in the trap of trying things once or doing one-time things because relationships don't aren't really built around a one-time event. Relationships are really built over time and through all of that investment, that's consistent. So you need to make it rhythmic. And again, I want to reemphasize, try to overlap existing rhythms and existing interests. You don't want to just add a bunch of things to your calendar. You want to, as much as possible, overlap with things so that that becomes more sustainable. And then the last tip, you guys, is Make sure you tap your kingdom network. What's amazing is after you've created one of these experiences um, or you've created a club or you've created some kind of group, then you can always be talking to your Christian friends and say, do you know any non-believers who who might be interested in this or that? And so if you think about your network, you you might have like maybe 50 non-believing friends, you know if you've if you've got a really wide network but if you've got 200 Christian friends and they each have you know 20 or 30 non-believing friends then you're only one relationship removed from you know potentially thousands of non-believers and so it's really easy to ask your your believing friends hey guys I'm starting this club I'm trying to build relationships I feel like with non-believers I feel like I'm sort of in the Christian bubble do you know any non-believers who are into this or that because I'm starting a group that does this and the oftentimes what I'll say is could you bring them and so their relationship and all the relational equity that they have, they bring into that event. And so that also makes it far more likely that other person will come. Uh, and so it's really great to tap that kingdom network. And then you begin to partner with, with your friends who maybe have a lot more relationships maybe than you do um, along the same lines, though, that, that you're trying to meet people. And so you want we want to be working together as much as possible. So what we want to challenge you guys to do next is to make a just a 1.0 rhythm plan. Again, we're, we do this sort of poorly at first and then we in, improve it. Enough of a plan so that you kind of have an idea of of some things you've thought through and then we're going to work through this uh, in the coaching conversations we're gonna have. And so we want you guys to create like a Google Doc that just has your name on it and just put after that rhythms of mission. Okay, and then what we want to do is brainstorm just three to five ideas for missional rhythms. Things that you can add to your weekly schedule, every other week, uh, every month. Again, if there's an overlap, instead of just adding something, you're overlapping. Go ahead and write that down so that we can see where it's it's overlapping something, so that's becoming more sustainable. And then whatever your your top two are, then try to answer all the basic kind of questions: who, what, where, and how. So who are you planning to invite to this or how, how are you planning to engage people? What exactly is this? Get some of the details. You know, what kind of hospitality is required? If you're gonna be hosting something, for example, where are you gonna do it? Are you gonna do it at your house? Are you Are gonna do it at a sort of a third space someplace, maybe a restaurant or a coffee shop? Um, and so answer those basic questions. And then we cannot wait to be invited to this Google Doc. Please invite uh, your coach or your coaches into that Google Doc, and then we will have that conversation at one of our next calls. But this is a really, really important step that you start to create just this 1.0 basic rhythm, rhythms of mission plan, uh, and then once that's done, we'll begin to work on it, iterate on it, and then you can start to really uh, lean into it and do the work of it, and you'll start
1: to see a lot of fruit come through this. Well, friends, thanks for listening to today's episode. If this teaching stirred something in you and you're feeling a yearning to learn how to make disciples in the West, we just want to invite you to join our Made for Mission coaching intensive where we combine online content and personal coaching that's going to provide you with the teaching and the tools and the encouragement that you need to actually see disciples made in your context. So for more information and to apply for this coaching intensive, go to 1kh.org slash made for mission. We'll see you for the next episode.